advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit with Matt Bronger. Hey guys, this is advice from a dipshit, straight from my living room with the help of my partner in crime, Amanda. Folks, if you didn't know, we have Patreon, a Patreon, a Patty, as we call it. If you want to sponsor us, please do, please give. I would like to get Amanda some more money for her hard, hard work. She's the one who's made this show awesome and incredible. Thanks to everybody who's subscribed and rated us highly. And geez, it's just the train keeps on rolling. This is the best incarnation of a podcast I've ever had or will ever have. I think if this one doesn't work out, I'm fucking done. I'm done. But I love this one, and it's it's a blast. I have two old fantastic friends, Randy and Jason Sklar, on the, on the show. Fellas, what's Hello, up, sir? Dude, I love this concept of a podcast, and I agree with you. It is you, because when I think of your stand-up, yeah. I think a lot, and I think of one, you have so many signature bits. That's like the mark of a great comedian is, can you remember the bits, and do you tell other people, like... <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of times I've been out and I play bits of yours. Like there was the animated Jim Morrison thing that from on right, our right. podcast that we animated that I've shown people and whatnot. But like the dumb, pe- the people in the elevator who were drunk uh, when you like, when and you were in going, Texas on your way to a gig right. to go downstairs in the hotel to get, I feel to like gig. you're like, I can't, I, I can't believe what's unfolding in front of my mm-hmm. face right the, now. The dip shittery. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like, you. I'm sure you guys have a lot of this too, where it's kind of like, now we're kind of like, ah, oh, look at him. Look at him go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have so, yeah. abilities now. Yeah. yeah. Got the whole we, there was a time where we were those guys. So you, you also, know? you can approach it from, mm-hmm. I am a dipshit. Sure. And I did dip shitty I, I just feel mm-hmm. like you handled that story with also understanding that you were once there. And yeah. so there is like a love of it too. You know, like when you roast people... Yeah. There's love behind it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not even hatred. I mean there there were moments where I wanted to kill those kids in the mm-hmm. elevator that mm-hmm. kept like the kid that fell against all the buttons. Like we're hitting every floor now. And like so, <laughs> you know, but by the end you're just like, oh sure. what the shit. Okay, yeah, so I'm, I'm late for my show. What's yeah, uh, what, this what, is the worst. You, you gotta keep perspective, you know, generally speaking. It's a great attitude and yes. a great bit, and I also feel like right in line with why this podcast is so great. No, thanks. And I'm, I'm super psyched that you guys came on. If you guys don't know who the Sklar Brothers are, they're accomplished, hilarious comedians that have a, a wonderful podcast called Dumb People Town that I've been on twice now, and it's a joy. You're so good and on it. Thank you. But it, it's a blast because Daniel Van Kirk reads basically the news, curated bits that then the guests kind of comment on. So I feel like it's... It's definitely like... It's in the uh, same genre. Same genre. Yeah, we're trying to understand the behavior. We feel like the world's getting dumber, and we feel like the only way to fight fight this dumb typhoon Mm -hmm. is with a sword of comedy. Yes, no, I'm (laughs) We got to swashbuckle the stupidity. We really really do, because it doesn't... (laughs) It's one of those things where... I don't go by like kind of the looking online for the, let's just call it the pornography of suffering. Like mm-hmm. someone, you know, like yes. I feel like a lot of people watch <laughs> Dancing with the Stars to watch someone fall down. Yep. Yeah. You know, things like that. Where NASCAR like, to see a crash. Right. Yep. Yes. It, but if I see a guy, like the video of that guy who was in the liquor store and was so drunk he can't stand and he yeah. keeps falling against things. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of devastating because the guy obviously has a problem. But yeah, but it's time, also hilarious. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I do like the fact that uh, Hold your liquor. most of our calls that we get are kind of either like look is this crazy or uh, okay i did a dumb thing or you know i, I love so, it but i, I just never it. know i never know what's going to come and, and there's anyway. an innocence to it as well right like, did you ever see heavy metal parking lot which yes. was that that yes. video that was made uh-huh. 
It was beautiful. Roanoke, Virginia. I'm assuming that's where it was. Outside of a <laughs> Judas Priest concert, 1984, five, six, mm-hmm. something. None like of that. them know that the lead singer of Judas Priest is gay. Yeah. No, God, All no. of the women want to sleep with him. Yep. So, but there is an innocence. Yes. Th- because it came at a time before camera phones and mm-hmm. the time when everyone wanted to be famous and everyone had a YouTube channel and anything like that. Just people standing in front of a camera like they're on the news. Yep. And they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, woo. They just don't, they don't know what to do, and so there's an innocence there that I just truly fall in love with. Yeah. So oh, I, same I just thing. like that people are just innocently. It's like I, probably like I love how like all of our dads or uncles probably love you know Dave's not here from uh, from <laughs> Cheech and Chong, and it's hilarious. And, but it is Dave. Like my mom, her favorite part of the, the documentary about Woodstock. I remember this when I was a kid, and she's just crying, laughing, where like a dude with like a huge curly head of hair and a beard just comes out of a porta potty with like a lit joint. And they're like, hey, how was it in there? Like, what a question. Just, and he's like, awesome. It was, it was really awesome, man. But it's, it's great because he's such an idiot, but he's being totally honest. Yeah, man. He just got stoned in a porta potty. Yeah. Like, why are you hiding awesome, it? You're at Woodstock. He's like, and it was awesome. It was pretty mind blowing. Like, it's never awesome in a porta potty. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no porta potty, your breath, and it still one, comes through. Porta potty is like Thanksgiving for most people. They just want to get out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah, just run. You're like, like why am run. I still peeing? Why am I still here? <laughs> yeah. Especially when you smoke weed and it slows down life, and Oof. you're like, slows I'm everything. still peeing? What? Jesus Christ. Was I this born? Awesome at all. Was I born in here? This is terrible. And then you zip up and you're like, did I pee or did I not <laughs> pee? I can't remember if Does I Does it lock from the outside <laughs> or the inside? Because I don't, do I not, do I knock? Do I, I knock? Do I get, climb down oh, through God. the bottom? Can they hear me thinking? <laughs> yeah. Um, Where's the flusher? <laughs> so, I think I told you guys that Amanda picks all these calls, so yes. I never know what's Hand coming in. And neither, neither do guests. It's a good time, so I, I love it. You ready, Mander? Let's, let's figure it, Maestro. Let's roll the first one. Hey Matt, what do you think about adults that deny pooping their pants as adults? They're fucking liars, right? Thanks. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I like it that it's straight to the point and then he had somewhere to go. So yeah. we did a documentary about poop uh, mm-hmm. called Poop Talk. That's uh, right, you did. Which was really, it cuts to the core of what this guy very brilliantly is asking, which is, what is our shame as adults? I think there is this tremendous amount of shame that surrounds you know, kind of the way we, I look at my, my younger kids when they poop, they have no shame whatsoever. My daughter will go on a plane and just poop and then leave it. Sure. On the plane. That okay, in some cultures that is seen as a threat. That right. is an act of aggression. That's an act of aggression. That <laughs> yeah. could start a war somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But like adults just don't want to say it. Yeah, and adults. We've all pants. done it. Mm-hmm. We've all crapped our pants. Yeah. It's so funny that how in the parlance of comedy we have to sometimes go, did someone even think of this? Yeah. Where Jen Kirkman had a bit about being on a date and it was like like farted, it was like, oh, and like just chill a little goes. or something. Yeah. And, was, and she said to the audience, it was like a frozen yogurt sample. It wasn't a lot. Right. And then Nick Kroll. 10 years later, has a bit about not getting home in time and actually grabbing his pants a little. And he was like, it was like a frozen yogurt sample. And I was like, hey, just hey, FYI. She, she said, said that. And he was like, thank you so much. But it's just so yeah, funny. Because you both come up with it. It's a, And it's you know exactly how much that is. Yes. We've seen the little white cup. So he switched, I, I he switched. Did, I was just at Yogurtland two days ago with my kids. I know exactly. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's the one you used to try all the different yogurts. Right. It was like, so we switched it to, it was the tiny bit at the end of a carton of Frusian Glacian. <laughs> Perfect. No, it was it's the dollop of whatever they put on top of like a sushi roll. 
You know oh, what I mean? Like, God, that's all it was. No, but I mean, yes, we've we have all you know. There's a I, moment, but where adults as you are get just, older. You you can control yourself less. Yeah. Like I pee in my pants all the time. It like, is an. Act, I don't know when I'm done. It's an act of it, admitting that you're out of control. Right. And I think adults don't want to admit that, like, I don't have the control of this. Yeah, and I think most of us don't shit our pants mostly. No, yeah, no we, but we're like, good about but it. But it's. I think this guy almost sounds like. I mean, come on, happens every day to all of us. Like, wait, <laughs> I don't know if it happens hey, every day. Yeah. Just, just hold on. A second. Like I was with you 100 percent. Like it happens every day. Just, <laughs> all I drink's coffee. Really? <laughs> all you drink is coffee. That seems like a bad idea. If all you drink is coffee, you are going to shit your pants. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it, it seems like he's just like they're all liars. Am I right? See you around. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not all liars. No. But I do think there is this tremendous. We won't get past the shame. And and as we were doing this documentary and we talked to like Dr. Drew, he's like, shame is a good, you know, it doesn't smell good. It comes no. outside of our body. It's real bad. It smells bad, but that was a good thing back in the day because your poop carried diseases and like yeah, you, you wanted to get away it. from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just wanted to get away from it. The things surrounding it, you know, cause you, are good in terms of how you should handle right. it and treat it. But, you know, I think, as comedians, we love the most embarrassing moments in our lives yes. because we can then we sort of tell it to people and it shows our vulnerability. You're, mm-hmm. Pete Holmes said this on, in the documentary, which I thought was really smart, is that as comedians, you're the alpha male. You got the microphone and you're standing up in front of people and they're or listening to female. you. Or yes. alpha female. You're the alpha dog. Right. And the whole point is when you reveal something about yourself that's really embarrassing, people love that. It's yes. almost like a wolf in a wolf pack wouldn't be like, sometimes my dick gets soft. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. Like they wouldn't, but a comedian would sure. and that's funny. And so you're rewarded for it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, re- it's relatability, which right. is like the founding, the basic block of, of a lot of comedy. You're like, how do I put myself in a position that shows, and then what did you do from that point on? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. think, I think this guy hangs around with people who don't do it. See, we hang around with comedians, so yeah, yeah. we're going to all, someone's going to, it's a funny, embarrassing story. Like, you just want it to be funny. Sure. I shit all over myself, and what, is it a good story? Then let's get into it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a famous story by George Brett, who was a Hall of Fame third baseman third baseman for, the for the Kansas City, City Royals, Royals. Right. played in the 80s. As a matter of fact, I think, I could be wrong, but I think there's a photo of him signing an autograph and with the word Royals on his chest, and I think that was the basis for Lord writing the song Royals, which is yep. kind of insane. Okay, so no. yes, yes, that is the truth. Okay. Yes, yep. that is fact. Go look it up, Rand. Look it up and see if you can find it. Don't order me around. Do guys. something. So, uh, <laughs> no, and so he has a very famous story. The most famous story he's ever told is about how he went to Vegas, went to a buffet, at a casino, and, and shit his pants. Had some bad crab and like <laughs> shit his pants. And so, but that is. He is known for that story, and he's an athlete. He's someone we all sort of like. Hall of Famer. I've I've said to like I collect in my head people's openers like mm-hmm. that are the best. As soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, I'm on board. What else yeah. you have to say? Yeah. yeah. Open and I was on Burt Kreischer's podcast, and I told him, and I've never told him to his face before, but I've quoted this many, many times when I first moved to L.A. You know, going to Dublin's, mm, and yes. that was when like Dane, Dane Cook, Cook ruled was, the we used, yeah. to, we used to yeah. do that show, and yeah, you guys might have no, you weren't on this night, but it was like Lonzo Bowden, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all mostly just like Hollywood scenesters, yeah. you know, hot gals, yep, cool yep. dudes just waiting for Dane to come out. The worst and, comedy audience you could ever, yeah, want. and they kind of love Dane and nobody else. And That's it. Bert Kreischer runs out and just goes, ugh. I just took a shit so messy I had to wipe my legs. It's up with you guys. And I remember laughing so hard. Because everyone's like, ew, but they're still laughing. But they're still yeah. like, all right, what else? 
You just said the worst thing, yeah. but that's so now him. I'm on board. So, so what's his signature move? Take his shirt off immediately, all right? Pretty much. So that's like that was him getting naked, right. you know, figuratively in front exactly. of the audience and and stripping it down for them, you know. So I, it is really what this guy's question was: <laughs> is why don't people admit their vulnerability? Yeah, that's what he's come down to. Why doesn't everyone take a page from Richard Pryor's playbook a little bit in life and just say the thing right. that everyone's afraid to say, so we can all relax? I think yeah. that's what he's trying to get to. He might be on to something. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you're hanging out with too many Republicans, man. Yeah, like, could like, be. Just open it up a little bit. Yeah, that will, not, that will not admit to ever making a mistake. Anything ever making a mistake. The darkest of their secrets comes out and they're just ruined. I am confident that Trump shits himself every other day. Without a doubt. And, and, and makes someone else clean it up. Supposedly, his whole thing is he's been like hooked on diet pills since like the 80s because it's basically like speed. Like, right. He doesn't do anything right. else. And, right. you know, this is just a rumor. So libel my ass. But, you know, it's that thing where it's like if you, I think if, you, if you're if just you, on diet if pills, you're taking diet pills, you are shitting a great deal. Yes. And, and uncontrollably. And, and you it's don't not, know when it's over. It's not solid. Yeah. It's like a river. No. Of, a river. It's like one of those characters on South Park after they die. Where mm-hmm. It's just like so long. A the river of a candle in the sun. Just green. <laughs> oh, anyway. All right. Okay, let's hear the next call. <laughs> Hey, Matt, how's it going? It's uh, Gary from San Diego. Uh, You know, I've been talking with my wife, and uh, she was mentioning that, you know, maybe to spice things up in the marriage, we should try uh, pegging. You know, uh, I'm not really familiar with it. Um, I don't know if it's like some sort of a role play or cosplay or something like that, but any advice you can give me, uh, that'd be great. You know, because I love my wife, and I'm willing to do whatever. All right, thanks a lot, you guys. Great show. Love you. I love how much he loves his wife. I, I do too. Let me start there. I he has not Googled pegging before no. he called in, though. He does not use Google that much. Pegging except is when for, you fold your jeans over and then you roll them up. That's, a pegging. that's, that's not the, pegging. That's the pe- pegging of our show. Oh, okay. That's not pegging. Where, you're, where, we are, where the girls wear, wear kids. Fold them over, roll them yes. up. Right. I feel like he was making that phone Zeke call. Z-Cameriches. He was making that phone call while his wife was sleeping next to him. That's how quietly and delicately. She, she was like, she was, I'm at, she's she was breathing like, on she's me. She's like, I'm, are you going to still read, but I, I need to go to sleep. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Do you, can we try pegging? And then she went to sleep. <laughs> that was it. And he's like, "What? What is that?" It's like, uh, "Why is rolling up one my, with the cuff of my jeans?" Oh, <laughs> you don't want to put a square peg in a round hole. I know that. Yeah. I know that is a basic wah, uh, wah. rule, folks. So uh, pegging. Uh, that is uh, a woman, the woman wearing a strap, strap on, on and uh, penetrating a man, penetrating right. a man, slamming you home. It's it's all the rage. Uh, you, we've seen it in uh, Deadpool. It was in Deadpool. And, was it, uh, it was in Deadpool? Deadpool two or no, one? No, one. When Deadpool. they were going through, fucking through all the holidays. Oh, it was that's International right. Women's Day. Didn't remember so she that. Got to uh, there was um, Dead Poet Society. That was just <laughs> <laughs> Neil, my boy. The deleted scene. My boy. Stop. The- yeah, Ryan Reynolds came out as liking it. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is pro. I mean, Ryan Reynolds could say anything. First of all, he's Ryan the best. Re- he's the best. He's, he's hilarious and uh, in good shape, cool and, uh, shit. and he's rich. Yeah, I'd peg Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So pegging is and so pegging look, proves that we are I'm, on I'm, a spectrum. of I'm sexuality. still suspicious of this that he didn't Google it all because it's kind of like I don't know. A, a, pardon the phrase, a very hot button issue. Hello, when it's your your hot button. <laughs> it's uh yeah so <laughs> I think it is if your wife okay this guy sounds old enough that he's had a prostate exam mm. prostate exam means when you pull down your pants and this is the scene in Fletch when he was like Moon River, River. Right. 
using the whole fist there, Doc? Uh, you ever do time? Yeah. Just hold still. I'm <laughs> uh, uh, sorry that Chevy Chase stayed funny. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> well, I don't find anything wrong with you. Well, it's not for not lack of looking. Yeah. I, I'm so glad Chevy Chase took on Donald Glover. Yep. That worked out. That well. was smart. Um, so, no, but the, the, I think, to me, there was a lot of honesty in this guy's voice. I could just tell right away. You know what? You, so, you could be right. I, I could feel be, like I could be, maybe I'm being too cynical. No, I, I feel like he maybe didn't want to Google I think he pegging probably knew what pegging was. I think he might have known what it was, but he just wants to perhaps have an outside source. He doesn't feel comfortable asking a friend, like, mm. can I do this? But yeah, someone this who is, has no connection to him, sure. for us to be like, yeah, man, do it. So this right. is why I just love your show. This is why your show is great, because you provide that outlet for people who maybe are embarrassed to talk about it with people that Absolutely. are that close to them. Yeah. So, so I think if his wife is into doing it, right. I say- Try it. If it hurts like shit, don't do it ever again. Do it. Do it slow. You know, I like it. Don't, don't you might enjoy. Tell it. your wife to not take a running start. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 um, definitely. No, don't. yeah. It's just, it's just obviously be safe, be careful. But it's also like, ooh, that is like a non de rigueur thing. That's it's really different. It's really wild. It gives her the power. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's like a power and shift. I believe it literally can spice up a marital sexual relationship, which, you know, over time you can try pretty much everything over 10, 15 years and be like, all right, what are we going to do now? And I would say like, we have a place in uh, LA called the pleasure chest on WeHo. They do a comedy show there. I'm actually playing that tonight. We've done that. uh, It's very fun. And anytime I've gone in there for any kind of whatever sexual aid or or anything like that, you go there with a, with a person without a person and just tell them exactly what you're trying to do, what you're looking for. And they will walk you through all the (laughs) options. I, and there's, no, there's, there's no giggly, there's no No, they, they're just like, hey, we know that this is something, it's almost as Absolutely. if you're like going to a pharmacy. Totally. Or a farmer's it's market. It's great. It's or great. Or a farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but I guarantee you there's a place like that in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely. will be like open to you and say, hey, first time, how do I make sure that yeah, this and, is Yeah, and, and that could be part of the fun. Like go with your wife to that place and tell them what you're looking Here's for. Here's what I'm going to say. If you decide to do it, and I hope you do, because I do love... As comedians, we live our lives outside the comfort zone. And okay. experimenting. And experimenting. So you go to do a show, Pronger, you're like headlining. Where are you headlining next? I'm going to be Midtown Ballroom in Bend, Oregon on Friday. Amazing. Okay. okay. So we're going to the next thing we're doing is, oh, we're doing stand-up this, when does this drop? Do we know when this drops? It's going to be like two weeks, three weeks. Okay, so, okay, two, so I'd it's say two or three Austin. Weeks. Austin, 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 Texas will be at Cap City Comedy Club. And I love that comedy club. club great club. club, This November 7th through the 10th. You don't know how every show is going to go. No. Like we're standing in the back and you're like, this could either go great or it could go horribly wrong. Right. So you're about to stand on stage and about to go out and really reveal parts of yourself and get super vulnerable. And at mm-hmm. the same time, you're vulnerable just by opening your ideas up and asking people to like them or not. Right. So there's a moment where you could be rejected or it could be bad or it could yep. be, and, and your ego could get hurt and you're digging out of a hole and you're flop sweating and it's terrible. And we are <laughs> professionals. Yes. We're professionals who have success and who have done it. You feel that way. Yep. That that's how we live our lives. Yep. Most people in this world do not live their life that way. No. Play it safe. So what I'm saying is this does not feel like something that you do all the time, this guy, this mm-hmm. caller. Sure. Nor your wife. I think if you decide to do it, and I hope he does, I hope he steps out of his comfort zone and goes right up to that edge right there. Mm-hmm. If you decide to do it, and your wife is really excited about it, yeah. the excitement in her eyes right as it's about to happen or right as you decide to do it and go... 
that to me has got to be worth everything. Yeah. yeah, and taking a chance on something that you might hate, but you're trying, you know, it can throw you the rest of your life into sharp relief and perspective. Yes. Into, into kind of like, you treasure things more. I know if a gig goes, there's a lots of highs and downs mm-hmm. or blah, 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 that mm-hmm. once it's over, I'm like, well, fuck, that happened. Yeah, And I did everything that. else just seems better because it's just like, you know, I didn't chicken out, I still did it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, man, I think the consensus is, I, want, I think look you at options and give it a shot. Definitely go and get whatever strap on you're getting your yeah. wife. Make sure it's not a gigantic one. No, dude, you got to start with a, a Fisher Price, my very first penis. My, very, my little penis. Uh, my little penis. My little penis. Get one of those <laughs> with the pony mane on it. Uh, yeah. And no, but I mean. Sparkle de- glitter again. Oh. No, but you enjoy it. It's play, and it plays close to you by the carpenters, yeah. like a music box. Close to you. And then you can actually utter the phrase, uh, no man really ever utters to his wife, I want you inside me. Yeah. There and you then, go. And there it is. Yeah. So I think the advice from Jason's perspective is uh, let your wife peg you on stage. Yes. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. Jason <laughs> agrees. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> That's a good one. Next. Hey, man. I'm in a group text with my friends, and we have a push-up challenge where at any point in time we can call each other out for push-ups. Well, my Jewish friend called me out and said he only counted 18, so I re-recorded the video while counting to 20 in Hebrew. Well, my research has led me to find that the number 8 in Hebrew is spelled S-H-M-O-N-E, and I think that that's pronounced Shimon. So my advice that I need from you is how do I continue to listen to Michael Jackson when he keeps yelling Jewish eight? Thanks, Matt. Long way to go. Didn't know where that was going. No, man, you couldn't have called that. From a text chain <laughs> to Michael Jack To a push-up contest. To, to Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. To Hebrew liturgy. Right. To Michael Jackson. First of all. It's Shimona. Yeah, 18 by the way, okay. him calling you out for only getting 18 was actually a compliment because 18 in Hebrew is chai, which means you see the necklaces, which means life. Yeah. Whatever you, so that he was, maybe he was saying your, your push-up challenge was life giving. Was life, mm. life affirming. Represented, represented life and yeah. all that surrounds it. So he could have got it phonetically wrong. Or he could have been like, hey man, I give you a lot that. I yes, like that he has a Jewish friend. Right. <laughs> that he identifies well, as and it, and it was, it was, I think you're not doing the push-up contest right let me dig into your heritage and background. Right. I, I discovered he's Jewish. I'm happy okay. he didn't say he chewed me down to 18. Dude, I'm that, really happy God. that that he didn't happen. Really, that. thank God for that. Uh, happy that that him. didn't happen. Uh, I just <laughs> so I just like that anybody can call anybody out and be like, push-up challenge, let's go. And uh-huh. then you've got to shoot a video of you doing push-ups. Right. 20. I don't know if you do, but that, that's, that's a hard. nice amount. That's hard. hard, but it's not crazy. It's not crazy. That no. shouldn't be like on a challenge. Like no. 50 should be a challenge. No, I mean, what happens when that person gets called out? Like, and he's a Navy SEAL, you know? So he, <laughs> so he's, he's, doing, he's doing 200, 200. thumbs. Right. Yeah. So the, so, but he was saying that there were two of those 20 that he wasn't counting. Oh. That the Jewish friend was like, I don't agree with those. Mm. This is only 18. And the fact that he was Jewish, Jewish was that like the issue? Like, that no, then he went, Jew would nitpick and no, make that choice. I mean, it felt like a weird private eye move on his yeah. behalf. <laughs> but he <laughs> then researched. And then I discovered he was Jewish. Yes. Oh, where are we going with this no, one? Now we're going oh, in the language. No. Oh, then boy. he was, you know, yeah. tried to cut off two of my push-ups and like it, <laughs> part of his penis which, got cut off. Which in the, 
foreskin. And the, it's just as if every anyone with any Jewish heritage just knows Hebrew, which is not which is not the case. No. Was there was there a thing called? Well, you, of course, the three of you. Yes, yes, we do. Right, I know. Hebrew. No, you don't, Amanda. Not. Okay, I do. I literally thought you were pointing at yourself like, I no, do. Like, I I'm really good. Okay, no. She's okay. like, I'm somebody who does it. Like, She's I'm like, I, I skipped the bat mitzvah, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> my, daughter, my daughter just got bat mitzvah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Then she oh. didn't know. Mazel. Thank you. And no one called her out on push-ups. No one yeah, said, exactly. hey, do 20. <laughs> Don't you have to do 18 now? Yeah, to do 18, 18 that's push-ups oh, that's in, tough. Front, in front of the Torah. And the Torah can't call you. Yeah. While reciting Torah counts it. as two. And that, <laughs> that takes you up to 20. <laughs> takes you up to 20. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so how do, So let's get to the Michael Jackson I, of it all. I, I just think if you like Michael Jackson, you listen to Michael Jackson. You don't really care what, you know. It's not like he discovered that uh, Shamon was just. Shamon. Well, th- well Shimon. but. He meant something, some slur or something. This is now from Man in the Mirror. Yeah. Jane. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is he speaking to himself in that song? Like, I, you know, take a look at a man man in the mirror. Look at what you've done. Sure. You need to change. I need to change. I need to stop Make that sleeping change. with kids. I need you know, to do 18 like push-ups. 18 push-ups. That's what I'm Make going for. Change. Not the first time that a Hebrew word has been evoked in a hip-hop R&B song. Okay. Isn't there uh, Tonight's Gonna Be a Good Night yep, uh, by it. Black Eyed Peas? Which they're like, this will be the bar mitzvah. Something, something, mazel tov. Mazel tov. Oh, okay. Right? That's, I think that's in there. Let's have, have, a, drink. Let's have, have a, a drink. Have a drink. Mazel, mazel tov. tov. And uh, then there's like, and then they do like an auto-tune. L'chaim. <laughs> that comes later. L'chaim. <laughs> it's like a, a half-tone. like, yeah. should I L'chaim. be? Maybe not the right. So... I think it shouldn't change the way you view Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson was a rapist. At that point in his life, <laughs> at that point in his life, he was taking from any and all culture. Like, uh, okay, so Spike Lee did this Michael Jackson documentary mm-hmm. about Off the Wall, the making of Off yeah, the Wall. Yeah, no, it's incredible. You saw it, right? Yes. Okay. Was this not the craziest moment for you? Because, and th- I, this is great because I'm glad we're talking about this right now. So back in the days before the internet, before stuff could get passed around, okay, Eddie Murphy on his Delirious, which was a very influential album for us growing up. It was like the first comedy album that we listened to with all the swearing in it right. and all that stuff. It was eight came out in 83, 84. Yeah. That VHS tape was ubiquitous. It, it was, was everywhere. everywhere. We were, lis- the, we were listening red. to it on tape. Sure. So we listened to the cassette tape of it and Great bits that had nothing to do with like black or white or anything. His bit about Elvis being such a bad actor oh, that they had they, to make him sing he, every he line. He sang his lines. Lemonade. Yeah, so good. That cool. That cool hey, Elvis, we're going to win that race? We're going to win that race. race. Yeah. So right. good. So good. So he also, in that special, correct me if I'm wrong, does the bit about Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson crying during she's, she's, out of, she's out of my mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Tito, I need a tissue. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was so funny, and everybody laughed. Yeah. Okay. Now, there was no Michael Jackson concert video that was shown to everybody where he's singing She's Out of My Life. Right. You had to go to the concert. Yeah. So now, the, in this documentary, there's footage of him singing that song at the LA Forum. Mm-hmm. And he starts crying as he's singing the song, meaning like you're like, God, someone must have really hurt Michael Jackson. Yeah. So that he wrote this song. They wrote this song and whatever. Then they get into like who wrote the song. It's a fucking white guy, forty five year old white guy driving on the one ten mm-hmm. near Pasadena, and his girlfriend broke up with him, and he stops on the one ten. He's in traffic, and he's like, "She's out of my life." 
this white guy wrote the song. So it's not even Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. So that to me was such a bizarre thing. It, it really gives you insight into who Michael Jackson is. Right. That he's the type or was the type of guy that didn't couldn't access his own emotions. Right. Or he could access emotions. Well, his about, own emotions were put on lockdown by his father. Right. Yeah, so I, I think it's, he just kind of um, like shut down. Became became like a an, an emotionalist. A person that could collect any sound or melody in his own head and reform it and basically was like beyond talented, could just yep. watch two dance moves and learn all your dance movies. Like, the most like, like Mozart. Yeah. But it's had that same kind of personality or, or mental disorder, whatever you want to call it, where it's just like there's, there's no one home. They right. want to be home. They're pretending to be in a, a friendship so he, with anything like that, but it's just it, it. It's all been so shoved down by so he, by being such a star very young, and, and like, a father who like made him feel terrible about right, who he was, right? And him being a beautiful young boy, and then going through adolescence and getting acne, and like that moment, a woman saw him on a train and was like, "Where's little Michael?" And saw him and went, "Ugh." Like right. to his face, yes, and you you're like, oh, I'm a monster, and so you, you go through every kind of plastic surgery, and you have horrible body issues, and it's. It, I mean, it's, and they said that he was castrated to keep his voice high. That, come on, yes, that that is something that came out recently that his father had him castrated. No, no, that's not true. I'm gonna look, look it up. Shit. But all I'm saying is that the thing my, is, this guy when he called in, he knew all this stuff would come out. Right. Of oh yeah. Well, he look, hey man, if you're gonna take us on a wild goose chase from push up challenges and text chains to Michael Jackson, we're gonna take you on a longer one. A wilder chase. So, but the idea that Michael Jackson could on command cry so much during concerts and during yeah. this thing that Eddie Murphy right. could make a joke you about a joke it in a stand-up it. special that he knew everybody would laugh at Everyone because knew. it was common knowledge that Michael Jackson yeah. cried during these songs. Well, he, 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 he cried on the record. I remember hearing as a kid and going, he's really crying. What is this shit? <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, not that it made me that angry, but it was like, it was a bit disquieting because I was like, oh boy, yeah. this is, oh my re- God. it's a song, man. Yeah. Uh, so, so wait, wait, Michael Jackson was chemically castrated as a child by his recently deceased father, Joe Jackson. Chemically what is that? castrated. Where are you getting this though? Uh, this is the independent. Okay. UK. All right. So uh, anyway, but my point being oh, that like, Christ. if he is willing to cry over a story that didn't happen to him, right? Then of course he is willing to use the Hebrew word for the letter well, eight it's, and it's, for the number eight. It's any sound like Quincy, Quincy Jones said that. Like what was the big Michael Jackson? He was just like plagiarism. He would take people's whole songs, and it was like because that was that interview where he just said, "Yeah, yeah. the Beatles were garbage," and going through <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. He just did not. Yeah. He spilled all the tea, as the yeah. kids say. Yeah. <laughs> but like uh, he, like that was one of those things where it's just I feel like he was going to appropriate or how that was the big criticism. Like Robin Williams, he would just yeah. take people's jokes, and it was well, did he mentally go? That or what, was he just always on a roll and go wait? Fuck! Did I think of that? Or was that that kids? You know, you just talked about how in two different parts, ten years apart, people came up with something. Yes. Now I'm sure. not saying they heard that mm-hmm. and whatever, but like when you get as big as Michael Jackson, he's just yeah, he just he's like a yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> Want to listen to Michael Jackson? Listen to him, but just you can't ascribe anything he came up with is like oh he knew it was Jewish. It's he just, liked the sound of that word. Shimon. In the end, change. I could he could be saying jam on. That's what I thought, was, thought it was. And he threw a little S in there for yeah. And also I think pizzazz. it's like, you know. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just sounded funky. Okay, let's hear the next one. Matt, hey, we're watching you on uh, Tom and Christina's show. We saw you in Portland absolutely destroy it on New Year's. That was the best show I've ever seen. We've seen pretty much everybody. Uh, all right, here's the issue. Why do our parents, my wife and I were 40, our parents are getting dumber every year. 
They don't have a disease. They literally don't have anything physically wrong with them. There's not a tumor diagnosed or anything. But literally, they're like going down the path of being stupider. But whenever I was younger, my grandparents were fucking wisdom buckets. Like they knew everything. But I don't see that happening with my parents. And I don't know if that's just us because we grew up near like chemical or something. Anyway, man, thanks. Look forward to it. Uh, love your show. Love your humor. We'll see ya. My wife's there. I love you too. Bye. <laughs> thanks, dude. That, thank dude. you. That was great, very nice. Great call. Great call you. and very sincere. And I love this guy's perspective about. Mm-hmm. His grandparents or his parents, I mean, we deal with this all the time. We think the world is getting dumber, i.e., it's the sweatpantsification of America. Yeah. You, the, you are, like, not trying anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, parents are not, they, they don't have to try. There was, like, a point in time where, like, old people would read. Like, I don't know watch TV. There's three channels on TV when uh-huh. you were a kid, if you're 40 years old at some point. Yep. And all the parents and grandparents would just read books mm-hmm. and newspapers. And, and the fact is, when you read, your brain is, you know, when you read a book. It's exercise. It's stimulating. It's stimulating mentally. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about reading the news article that supports your political point of view. So you're mm-hmm. reading something that you're, you're telling your brain what you already know. We're talking about like a challenging concept of a novel where you're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And your brain is actually working on painting a picture or solving yep. a puzzle or all that stuff that happens you're storing information that storing takes energy and, and stamina it. you know all this stuff you're cataloging the information i feel like the further you go back the more you had parents that had to raise kids they're like if i don't teach him or her this they'll die yeah yes. you know and you go back to like here's how you here's how you hunt a duck you yeah. know like things like that and you some, we don't have to do it i'm not saying you know teach your kids to hunt though <laughs> if, uh, the on. climate uh, change uh, news lately is yeah. true yeah. we're gonna have to learn how to hunt bears yeah it's, it's also i think it's it's twofold it's that natural progression where yep. people kind of go oh just using these easier ways but also I feel like there's so much that kids do that learn in terms of like using computers and understanding how to do every kind of thing electronic you can imagine, be it social media to organizing your life or whatever, that I feel like parents pull back. And they're like, I don't have to learn that. I don't want to. It should work the way I say it works. They or do- or, 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 or gra- older people do like Candy Crush 12 <laughs> hours a day. Right. When so, What does your mom do at night? Well, she, she just does, gets on and she does Candy she Crush. That's really it, That is it? a mind-numbing bullshit thing. Well, mm-hmm. also, can I say this? That when your grandparents were around, they could they, – they worked until they were 65 and then they stopped working. Yes. And life – was hard, but it wasn't as hard. Right. And so, and I'm assuming just from the sound of your voice that your parent, your grandparents are white. So they had an easier mm. time in, I'm not talking about like a minority who had to fight more. Sure. Okay. So white grandparents in the United States at the time when you were a kid in the eighties, you know, they, their lives were done at 65 and then their pension took over and Medicare and all this yep. other stuff. They're not like, 
their brains weren't filled with all these thoughts. So like they're tired. My ki- it's so funny because kids now are super overprogrammed. Whether yeah. and there's no way around it. If they start an activity, whether it be gymnastics or whatever, later in as they go up, they're like, okay, now you're going two days a week. Now you're going three days a week. Now you're going four days a week uh, and you're good and you like it and but it's expensive, but it's taking all this time. And then the rest of the time you're like, oh, you gotta do your homework. You gotta do your homework. Now you gotta do your homework because we gotta take you to gymnastics. Uh-huh. Then you come home and it's like, did you do your homework? All right, now you're doing that there's a moment where you just want to let them kind of you go on the ipad go do the because yeah. you, you need to like calm down and i feel like for most people including your parents probably today they probably are still still had to work and and their brains are so that they're just like i'm turning everything off mm-hmm. i'm not going to learn anything else i'm not going to be smart i'm not yeah. going to do anything because i my life was harder in other in other ways yeah it's like you were on more often so that now i'm gonna just completely turn it off and i don't want to be smarter anymore i just want to relax yeah and i also think a lot of it's probably you can just blame on editorial disguising as news which is fucking yes. everywhere now which is there's a banner that says this is how you should feel this guy sucks this guy's you were awesome saying, yeah and it's kind of like you can just turn your brain off and go yeah i agree with that because it's easy i get it i get why people do it yep it's easier just to be like no i'm just gonna go with that opinion i'm not gonna form my own yep and it's just dangerous going back to you like going yeah read different stuff read different you know? things read different things and get different perspectives and and, and read read books read period read, read books read, so read period. I, I think maybe it has to do with the fact that maybe we're completely wrong and it does have to do with the fact that you were raised next to a chemical plant yes <laughs> okay that could be the reason here and we're there just digging deeper my for dad's no reason. trying to eat his own hat what is he hasn't used a consonant in like a year <laughs> just makes moaning zombie, zombie noises all he the time he has a finger growing out of his asshole <laughs> can't write the letter G um, no but I mean that maybe is what's going on but I think Part of it might be that they had to work very hard and now they're just completely turning off. Sure. And also society is telling them to completely turn mm-hmm. off yep. and not sort of make it easier to not challenge them. We also look for the things to make our lives easier yes, of course. as opposed to the things that maybe enrich our lives in certain ways. It's mm-hmm. like that's always a tougher road to go. Right, right. It's always tougher. Yeah. You know, it's always a tougher road to to go the road that will maybe make you better off. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people at this point are like fuck it my life's so hard why Life would i choose to yeah do i don't have any I... more energy left yeah to 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 to, 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 to to help or try or anything yeah, or yeah. do the thing that might make me a better person. i mean it's just i i like a, i Smarter get why person. people just want to turn it off and go mm, i just think this because that guy thinks this and i think that's fine you know that's why i love it helps my perspective that's why i love doing comedy you sit in a room with there's a room full of people you get a room full of people to collectively laugh at an idea mm-hmm. that is i think heavy lifting and yeah. complex and it's really so i give all the people who come out and see live comedy credit like this dude mm-hmm. yep. absolutely yeah and thanks for the kind words man all right i'm bringing, a, I'm bringing an old friend back okay who called again later oh all right cool hey matt how's it going it's gary from uh san diego hey. I was just to find out, uh, you know i was watching Shaun of the dead and i was wondering if the zombie apocalypse were to actually happen do you think you could like really chuck vinyl records at like their heads and would that be enough to uh kill them uh, all right. Thanks a lot, you guys. Big fan. Love you guys. Bye. Also, can I be pegged? Thanks, Gary. Bye, as uh, He sounds refreshed. He like, does. Like, like a man recently pegged. pegged. So, um, got a huge weight lifted off his shoulder. Yeah, I, go. I was going to say, I didn't, have lived, him pe- I didn't have him pegged as a zombie guy. Am I right? <laughs> hey, guys. I didn't have him pegged at all. And Come then, on, people. Boom. <laughs> Only his wife has him pegged, guys. Folks. 
as it should be under yeah. God's laws. Whatever, um, whatever floats your boat down in the SD. Yeah. No, a, a, a vinyl record will not pierce a skull. That no. was a very funny part of that movie, but there's no fucking way that you could throw a, a record hard enough it to pierce a skull. It would bounce off someone's rubbery zombie neck. Unless exactly. it was like 180 gram, oh, digitally remastered. That's heavy. I feel like if you if you shaved the edges down a little bit, made it sharper. Sharpen it up a little bit. And, and then you, f- you knew how to throw it hard. What's, what's like you the- were, like, like you were so good at Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would that You would were the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate. The ultimate. <laughs> what do you, I, I see that you have records in your house. Yes. What record are you listening to recently as like your go-to, like I need to put on a record? I like, right there I have Commons Resurrection, nice, uh, which is nice. a good classic hip-hop mm-hmm. uh, album from 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also go with, I listen to a lot of Bill Evans. A lot of uh, jazz piano. It's yeah. just perfect for the background, just yep. playing piano, uh, just like and writing, basically. Yes. Coltrane's Giant Steps is in concert <sighs> rotation. Good one. I mean, so you know. That song. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you could throw a record at a zombie. Although. Okay. You can't throw a record at a regular living human being. Aren't <laughs> zombies... They are. They were dead for a while, so they've decomposed a little bit. Yeah. So my question is, maybe this, the head is softer. Exactly. The okay. skin maybe decomposed a little bit. Maybe right. the bones a little more brittle. Mm-hmm. So again, you're taking a 180 weight digitally remastered right. Abbey Road. Yes. Throw that at them, and then boom. Maybe there's some. There's a little bit of husk to mm-hmm. it that you could hit a zombie's head and, and chop it. And yep. I feel like a lot of it is just just incapacitation. If you've got a bunch of zombies running at you and you see like a smaller one, like a child zombie with yeah. a thin little like neck. kid neck, yeah, and you just take neck. the head off. <laughs> it's not coming near you, but it's just on the ground trying to pick its head up or whatever, and yeah, you can exactly. get time to get away. But that's so. a good point. The key is just to make sure, give them something else to do, like pick their head up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. But most experts agree it's a katana sword that you need. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Um, most zombie experts. Jesse, you, you talk to Jonah Ray. He, you know, Jonah, <laughs> Jonah, Jonah goes into like a, a room and checks for exits. Mm-hmm. Where would I go if I was trapped? Yeah, Jonah, Jonah has an exit strategy wherever he goes, and he knows the exact type of katana sword. You'd be like, I got a katana sword. He's like, nope, no, nope, no, nope, that is not. That thing will break. Can you, can you chop on the inside? No, I can't chop on the inside. Then what then are you doing? We're done. Then what are you even doing? Then why, we're done. why are we even here? Speaking of which, mm-hmm. while you're here, is to make the show awesome. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Jason. Thank Everybody you. Check out the Sklar Brothers. What do you got coming up? You want to talk about? Uh, so yeah, we've got. Um, first of all, we have our podcast, Dumb People Town. Listen yes. to the Bronger episodes. Very fun. Because you were on more than one. Fantastic. Start with that. Work your way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just dumb people doing dumb things. We have another. If you like sports, we have a sports and comedy podcast called A View from the Cheap Seats. Every week. Uh, what else? We're going to be in Austin, Texas. Uh, um, November 7th through the 10th at Cap City. And then we will be in San Diego. I want this guy to come out and see us. We'll be yeah, there come at, the, on, Gary. at the end of January. And Gary, if you're walking with a little lightness in your step, I'll know exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, just floating a little bit. <laughs> he's happy. Please come and then please come up and say hi to us. And yes, please, us. please do. Uh, and uh, that's at the end of and January. We'll, January in Portland. And go to supersclars.com. You can see all of our dates. And, and that's a good Yeah, check them out. They're like uh, some of the most fun uh, and funny comedians I've ever known. They're so fun. To f- it's just such a good time to watch you guys thank you because you do like you know you 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 back each other up and back and forth and it's just it's, it's a different it's glorious it's fun i love it. and different i, I love appreciate it. that uh so come on uh give us some dough on uh patreon at uh at advice from a dipshit 
we need more. We need it on Spotify. So if you can, we can get the numbers up. We'll get there, and you kids can stream it to your heart's content. On social media, we're at, at advice from a dipshit on Twitter. It should be at advice from a dipshit on Facebook. At dipshit advice on Twitter. The theme song is by Ben Wise, of course. Please subscribe and write a fun review, man, if you're digging it. Uh, and thanks again for listening, guys. That was awesome. That was so fun. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit with Matt Frogger.